and now. Hey, guys. Good Good to see you. How y'all doing? We just had an amazing time in worship. It was really great. Yes, this is our first Wednesday service for the month of November. Yes. Man, we're in November already. That means Christmas is almost here. It really is. It's a countdown. It is a countdown. So that means you can start playing your Christmas music now and get in the holiday season. Amen. No, the holiday cheer. Holiday cheer. <laughs> I like I like Christmas music. I, I think do it's, too. I think it's time to start playing some Christmas music. The only now. thing about Christmas music, though, y'all, let's be honest, by the time it's time to really play it, you're tired of it if you start listening to it early. All the stores, you go in Hobby Lobby, you go in Walmart, go in Target, they're playing all the fun jingles, and then right when December 1st comes, you're like, oh, please, not that song again. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer again. Again. Rock Around the uh, Christmas Tree. That's so They always play that, too. Yep. But, uh, man, we're excited uh, to be in the house of the Lord with you guys tonight. As you see, tomorrow night we're going to tag team tonight. We thought that would be fun, a fun treat that we both uh, share the stage together and and deliver not even a, a word, but just an encouragement. Like this is an encouragement because, as we mentioned, this is the holiday season. Yep. Thanksgiving is coming. Christmas is coming. New Year's is coming. And with the holiday season, it's always an opportunity for gatherings. And we know people love gatherings, gatherings with coworkers and your job. You know, there's Thanksgiving parties, Christmas parties. You're going to be invited to so many parties the next few weeks. You're going to be like, I'm all partied out. But we love gathering. And that's what we, we wanted to focus on tonight is a gathering. And if you're writing notes, you take, you're taking notes, you can write this down. It's the title of this talk that we're going to do today or this encouragement is, Who's at the table? Who's at the table? Who's at the table? The holiday season, y'all. We're upon, the holiday season is upon us. You're going to be at so many different tables <laughs> that you're going to be like, man, I was just out last week. Now I'm out again. You're going to be at so many tables. But this, this night is just going to be an encouragement for the holiday season. So let's just open up in a word of prayer. Tomorrow you want to pray? Yes. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. Lord, we pray that you place purpose in every step of our lives, Lord God, even at all the gatherings as we're preparing for the holiday season and all of the things that we'll do. But Father, prepare us to be prepared to be at tables with our loved ones, with our friends, with people from all walks of life that will be with us. Prepare us to be with them. So we thank you for this time. I pray that our hearts are open and receptive and that tonight you're going to speak directly to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And the holiday season in. I want you to think of it as this way. Everything that we're going to talk about tonight is an opportunity for you to plant seeds. Because throughout all the gatherings, when you're at all these different tables during the holiday season, all it is is just gearing up to the new year. Because we know at the new year, that's everybody's opportunity to say, I'm not going to do last year. I'm not going to do this year like I did last year. And they're always saying, oh, I I need to make some changes in my life this year. So what we're saying tonight is we're going to talk about tonight and focus on you watching online is these are some things, some things to be mindful of during the holiday season when you're at the table. You figure out who's at the table with you so that way you're planting seeds so when the new year comes, they know, hey, 
I know a place or a person I can go to yep. because of the seeds that you planted during the holiday season. Yep, you'll because be the first the, one on their mind. You'll be the first one on their mind. They say, I remember such and such prayed with me, and they talked to me about this. Now it's the beginning of the year. I need to come check out their church. I need to go find out. They asked me for prayer. I need to go get with them again and have lunch with them. But all these things are preparation for the beginning of the year. But right now we throw the seeds or we plant the seeds right now in the holiday season. And say, who's at the table? Who's at the table? Luke chapter 2, verse 14. It says, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward all men. So that, that represents us. Who's going to bring peace on earth? We are. It says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. We're going to bring peace and goodwill toward men. That's what we're going to do during the holiday season. We're going to make sure that, hey, I'm doing everything that I can to bring peace and chill and cheer because and joy because so many people walk through so many different things. And for some people, the holiday season is a great time, but for others, it's just a time where they go in their shell and they want to, to not face the outside world because of hurts, disappointments, and things of that nature. But I believe that God has called us to be on watchmen, to bring peace and goodwill everywhere that we go. So our main verse that we're going to focus on today comes from Matthew chapter 25. This is our main text we're going to use. Matthew chapter 25, you online, you can follow along as well. Matthew 25 Verse 31. Hey, baby, would you like to read the sure. scripture? Sure, I would love to read it. So Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 is where we'll start. And we're reading out of the NLT. It says, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left hand. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, how many of you are at his right hand? All right. Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom. Everybody say inherit. Inherit. The kingdom prepared for who? You. For you. From the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then this these righteous ones will reply, well, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and we fed you or thirsty and gave you something to drink or a stranger and showed you hospitality or naked and gave you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it, to the one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. Everybody say, who's at the table? Who's at the table? So with that passage of scripture that tomorrow just wrote in Matthew 25, there were six things that were highlighted there 
that we want to help you identify during the holiday season to identify who's at the table. And those are the six characteristics that we want to be on the lookout for this holiday season. And the first one, if you're taking notes, you can write down is, it's the hungry. The hungry. <laughs> write that down. And now we're not talking about hungry for a turkey and dressing. Even though they will Even come. though they will be hungry for turkey and dressing. <laughs> we're talking about the hungry. And we say, well, what is the hungry? The hungry is, this is an, a person that has an appetite of curiosity. They have an inquisitive mind. And they're leaned in. Most people that are hungry on the outside may seem like they annoy you, <laughs> but they're trying to get noticed. People that are hungry, they know how to ask, keep asking questions to get what they're looking for. If you're a parent with small children, you know your kids can ask a million questions a day, and they can wear mommy and daddy name out, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, and you're like, okay, oh my gosh, how many more questions are you going? Because they're hungry to learn more. They're hungry to want more. And there's so many people during this holiday season that you're going to encounter that are going to be hungry for something. But some of them may know what it is. Some of them may not. Yeah. And so they will begin to ask questions. They will begin to, to speak out. And, and ask, so you, you talked about your church. And I hear you talk a lot about God. So, so what does all that mean? And they're going to begin to ask questions, and they're going to begin to pray. And you can be like, I'm just trying to have a good time at this, at this hangout. Why are you asking me all these questions? <laughs> and it can seem like an annoyance, but what the person is saying is, I'm hungry. Yes. I'm hungry for something. And some people may be able to identify it, but some may not. And that's when we have to be uh, sensitive to the spirit to know, you know what? This person isn't just asking questions to ask questions. They're hungry for God. Some of them, like I said, they may know they are, some may not, but we just have to be sensitive enough to say, you know, this person is hungry for God. When I think about someone that was hungry for God, I think about blind Bartimaeus. Mm -mm. Blind Bartimaeus was hungry for God in, in Mark chapter 10. He was sitting by the roadside, and it says that someone told him that Jesus was passing by. And old blind Bartimaeus, he began to shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people around him he began to annoy him, like, Bartimaeus, calm down. I know you're excited about this Jesus fellow, but I need you to calm down. You're screaming in my ear. But it says that he began to shout even louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I can imagine, boy, blind Bartimaeus was going crazy. The people around him was trying to probably got up and walked away because he was annoying them by his hunger for Jesus. Yeah. And then the, the, his shouts rang out to the ears of Jesus, and Jesus said, bring him over here. And you know the story, eventually his sight was restored to him, and he was healed. Yes. But the reason that he received his sight was because he cried out, and he was hungry. He was inquisitive. Even though people around him said, this person is getting on my nerves. He's annoying me with his screaming. We have to say, well, why is this person shouting so much? Yeah. Why are they making so much noise? You know, some people that need attention, they just make noise. And the way they make noise, you have to figure out, okay, let me get past this annoyance that they're causing me to find out why are they so, why is this annoying me? What are they really trying to say? Yes. So what I'm trying to say is when you visualize somebody is hungry, you have to become a master and say, what are they really trying to say? What do they really want? And if we would just take our time to just focus in on people in conversations and just listen, you realize this person is hungry for something. Yeah. They're hungry for God. They just don't know how to get there. But guess what? I know how to help them get to the person that can give them everything that they want. 
You know, feeding someone who is hungry will never be convenient because, because what they want you to feed them with is your time. People that are hungry, they want your time. Think about if you have kids. Your kids, they want your time. Your pets, they want your time. <laughs> your job, they want your time. <laughs> and it's like, but people that are hungry, they want your time. And not only your time, they want your time to listen to them. They want you to listen. They want time for you to answer questions. Now, you talked about faith, and I don't really know much about God, but can you explain your faith to me? Can you explain the scriptures to me? I know y'all talked about this. I heard you quote the scripture. I saw you post it on Facebook. What does that mean? They, they're hungry for your time, but they're really hungry for face-to-face and quality time. Yeah. That's what they really want. And I know a guy that, that I was, I'm in a relationship with, and it's funny. He will always ask me, hey, what are you doing? You want to hang out? Can we get together and have lunch? Can we do this? And I'm like, why is he wanting to spend this much time with me? But the fact is, he's hungry for something. And what he wants is saying, when I'm around you, I feel encouraged. I feel strengthened. There's something that you have, and it's not me. It's God that he wants. And what I, what I realize is that, hey, I can't just be a, say, like, just brush this guy to the side. I have to say, I have to make time for someone that shows hunger. Yeah. And when we realize that people are showing a hunger, we have to say, you know what? This may not be convenient, but I need to make sure that I'm giving them the quality time that they need because we want to reach out to people that are hungry. Yeah. There's so many people that will try to get away from you and not respond. But when people are responding, we need to reach out and make time for them. Amen. So the first thing is the hungry. Tomorrow, you want to talk about the second one? Yes. So the second one is the thirsty. When someone is thirsty, they're wanting you to quench their thirst. They are needing hydration. They're weary and they're tired. You know who the weary and tired sometimes are? It's those people that are sitting in this room. It's those people that work long hours and they're always at work. It's those people who've probably been waiting on a promise of God to be fulfilled and it still hadn't been fulfilled. It's those people who seem to drift away. What they're needing is a drink. They need to be refreshed. People like this, they need to be encouraged. They need laughter. They need joy. They need affection. They need affirmation. It's crazy when I'm thinking about my own personal walk with God and a lot whenever I was um, in like in the early stages of my walk with the Lord, um, I just remember I would get discouraged a lot. Like, I don't know, it would just hit me out of nowhere. And for whatever reason, I'll just dwell on it. I'm like, man, I'm doing all of this stuff. It just doesn't seem like anything is working. Like, but I'm going to keep moving, but I'm dry. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'll keep going, but I'm dry. Like, there's nothing there, but I'll keep moving. And I remember there was a girl. She came, and she offered me some water. But it was water like this. She said, tomorrow, you know what? The happiest I ever see you is when you're serving. It's something about when you get yourself back into service, you start lighting up. And then she'll say, the happiest I ever see you tomorrow is when you're around people, the people of God, and you're just having a great time. Tomorrow, the happiest I ever see you is when you go out and you're 
you talking to random strangers? And for whatever reason, when I look at you, I see that there's this excitement again. What she has done is encouraged me back to the well that never runs dry. It's a person that brings purpose back to you. They saw something inside of you. They knew that that's where you will find the joy again, your encouragement, your laughter, your strength. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You need to be able to identify that in your table when you're sitting there. You need to say, you know what? The happiest I've ever seen you is when you're doing this. Danette, the happiest I see you is when you're worshiping. You know, when I see you, um, Mishinavia, the happiest I ever see you is when you're really praying and you get encouraged. Like, when I see it, I'm like, this is fulfilling her, you know. But when you get away from those things, what happens is you run dry. You run so dry that you don't, you have nothing to, like, rinse on. You're not overflowing. And it's important that you are an encourager to help people get that cup of water again. That's why when they said, well, when did you see me thirsty? Oh, I knew when you were thirsty because you lost your joy. You lost your passion for the things of God that you once had. So everybody say thirsty. Thirsty. A person who is thirsty, they're not satisfied with where they are. That's what it is. They, They lost their satisfaction for Christ, and they they've just... They need to be filled again. And it is your job and it's our job to be masters to remind them where the well is. This is where you should go. All right? So the first one is you're hungry. The second one is you're thirsty. And the third one is the stranger. Everybody say, oh, that poor stranger. (laughs) The stranger. The stranger represents the loner. They're always by themselves. Okay, I know naturally we think, and this is one stranger, it's just someone walking on the street, um, and (laughs) you don't know their name, and it's like, lock your doors really quick, I don't know what, what, you know, and yeah, that's a type of stranger, but do you realize that strangers could actually be in your home? Husband and wives have become strangers to each other. Parents have become strangers to their kids when there's a time and day where all of these electronics are raising them, and then one day they hit this teenage world, and you don't even recognize the person in your house. (laughs) Y'all know? Like, things shift. There could be strangers on your job. You're like, I didn't ever know such and such was even here. Who is that? There could be strangers in the church. Oh, my gosh. And there's even strangers in the church, people that come in the church. They come. But they quickly slip out really quick, and we never know their name. A stranger is someone you have to seek out. They have to be sought out, which means they're not coming to you. They're not knocking on your door. You have to, like, see them come in, and you have to target them and say, I'm making a beeline straight to that person. You know, whenever we have, like, meet and greet, so here at the church, if you're watching online and if you've never been here, we have a time of meet and greet. If there was a time that you wanted to try to target somebody, it's during meet and greet. You say, I saw that person, and I'm going straight for them. (laughs) I'm going straight for them. I will not let them leave until I get to know their name. Strangers, you have to bring them into the community. Take them by their hand and bring them in. Make them feel a part. In the holiday season, at your table, instead of spending so much time with the same person that you always hang out with, what about the estranged teenager that sits over playing video games the whole time? 
why don't you stop what you're doing and make a beeline and say, I'm sitting over there by them and I'm going to talk to them. I, I want to know something about them. You will probably be surprised how their eyes will light up because you actually found an interest in them. Okay? A stranger. Um, strangers, you bring community and family to them. You may not know, they may not know how to express their desire and need for community. There's this, um, a man that Mario and I, whenever we were back in Louisiana, we invited him to be on our team. And y'all, he was a very quiet man, but he had been at the church for years, for years at the church. And we just was like, let's, let's root for the underdog. Let's just grab him in. He's been around. We get a chance to know who he is. And y'all, y'all would not believe the fact that we just took the time and drug him by his hand, put him in the community. He started livening up. He would start telling jokes. His name was, I'm going to tell y'all his name. No, I'm not. Because if he comes, is he watching like, why would she tell that story? He'll text us. <laughs> but the bottom line is, is that he just became alive because someone noticed him and they brought him in. And then before we know it, he was telling jokes and he was always like a silent killer with the joke. It's like, wait a minute, did you just try to slam me? I noticed that <laughs> you're trying to like sneak one in on me. But a stranger, God has called us to strangers. We go out to them. We reach out to them. Stop waiting. Well, they didn't say anything to me. I'm not going to say anything to them. It's like, notice them, and you bring them into the family. Amen. So the, you can see from the first one, a hungry person is very opposite to a stranger. A hungry, make, a hungry person will make themselves known. The stranger, <laughs> you have to go and seek them. The complete opposite of that. And the fourth person in... And the passage that we read, it was like, I was hungry, and you, I was, for I was hungry, you fed me, I was thirsty, you gave me a drink, I was a stranger, and you invited me to, into your home, I was naked, and you gave me clothing. The fourth one is naked, and we're not talking about in the natural. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the fourth person is the person that is naked, and this is, you're giving with meaning. You're giving with meaning. He says, I was naked and you gave me clothing, or you clothed me. This is a giving with meaning. You covered me. You protected me. And, you know, sometimes a meaningful gift could be something that all will be the world to someone else. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be an expensive gift. You know, sometimes if you just write a handwritten letter and you give it to someone, that would mean the world to them. Now, that doesn't cost money at all. It just takes a little time to write it out. Mm -hmm. But how many times, when's the last time you received a handwritten letter I'm not talking about a text message, but a handwritten letter. When's the last time you received that in? Handwritten letters tomorrow for her birthdays or her anniversaries, our anniversaries. She always says, can you just write me a poem? Can you write me a letter? And I say, you know, I always do. And she enjoys a handwritten poem or a handwritten letter because it's meaningful. And a person that is naked, that what they're saying is when you show meaning towards them or you give them something meaningful, you clothe them, that means the world to them. This is a gift of an act of service. An acts of service will go a long way and be so appreciated. Yep. Because they would think, you thought enough of me to give me this? You thought enough of me in my condition to clothe me? You thought enough of me that, that I was worthy of your time to take the time to, to, to reach out to me? That, that's what all this means. And, 
Who are these? Uh, just practical examples of this. These are orphans, kids that don't have a home. They, it's just like go from home to home. They really don't have a place to lay their head. These are widows. These are elderly people. These are people that have lost loved ones recently. These is also for singles because sometimes singles feel like nobody cares about us. Well, sometimes we say, you know what? We thought about you. We thought about all these groups of people and so many more, but it's anyone that you feel like I'm going to give special attention and care to this person. Amen. 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 That's the, the fourth one is the naked. The fifth one is this. It's the sick. It's the sick. The sick, this is a person that they need care from hurts and wounds. I'm sick. I'm infected. I'm wounded. I'm scarred. I've been burned. I'm sick. We have to identify the sick because if anything that I know is during the holiday season, when you're at these parties, people would display their pain. How you been going? Well, it hadn't been going too good. And then, bam, they give you everything right there in the moment. And you're like, I didn't even expect all this. Where did all this come from? They're sick. And we can't push the sick to the side. We have to care for them. A great way to help someone who is sick is prayer. Immediately on the spot, you pray for them. They start telling you all the things that's going wrong. You say, guess what? Let me encourage you. I want to pray for you right now. Let's just take some. And they, what they're going to say is, oh, oh, okay. Or sometimes people say, just be praying for me because I'm walking through. Let's pray right now. <laughs> you might catch them off guard. But if you pray in the moment, it'll be so meaningful for them. And you never know what God will do in that moment if you just give them an opportunity to flow right now in, the spirit, in, the, in that moment by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's like we're just saying, God. I'm going to be a vessel that you can use right now through prayer for the hurting. Because one prayer can change a person's perspective to say, you know what? I need to tune in to God. I need to pray more. You know what? This encouragement I received from you, I need to receive this more. And it could be the the world to them. Not only, and don't put it off. Pray in the moment. Pray Pray on the spot. Because sometimes we mean well. When people say, oh, pray for me. He's like, oh, I'm going to pray for you. And things, life happen. And we forget. (laughs) And then we see him again, like, oh, I told him I was going to pray for him. I forgot. Let me pray real quick. And, <laughs> and it's like, because things, and it, we're human. Things just happen. We, we, sometimes we just forget. But what I realize is if someone asks me to pray for them, it's better for me to pray for them right now in the moment, be sincere about it. Not just pray, but be sincere about it, yeah. but pray in the moment. And it just goes a long way. And I've never to this day received, pray, asked a person for prayer that turned it down. I still have not met a person that turned down some prayer. So the sick, also with the sick, not only doing meaningful gestures or meaningful gifts. And like I said, these things don't cost money. You just say, well, I don't have a lot of money. Write in the letter, that doesn't cost any money. It just takes a little time. But just a meaningful gift, meaningful, thoughtful things. I just wanted to, I just was walking down the street and I thought about you. I just wanted to call you and encourage you. That's meaningful. That's a meaningful phone call. You, when you ever get a meaningful phone call, somebody just said, I was just thinking about you. I just wanted to call, see how you were doing. That could brighten your day. Meaningful. The sick. Also, like I said, calling or visiting someone and praying with them. God put you on my heart. I just wanted to stop by your house. I wanted to stop by your job. I just wanted to come over here and pray for Please you. Please call before you call, stop yeah, by. Yeah. <laughs> Are you at the house? Are you free for a moment? I just want to stop by and pray for you. I just wanted to visit you. And asking someone how they're doing. Sometimes just asking someone a simple question and being said, how are you doing? Like, how are you really doing? Can be an open door 
or asking someone, can I bring you something? You know that they're walking through a difficult time. Is there anything I can do for you? Is there any need that I can meet for you? There's a gentleman in our church that all week he goes out and he helps people that are blind. He takes them grocery shopping. He takes them to the grocery store. I just said that. <laughs> but he takes them to get their medicine. He takes them to the doctor's appointments. He helps them pay their bills. He walks with them. People that probably don't even know what he looks like, they can't do anything for him. He takes his time to say, you know what, I'm going to help them. And that is meaningful. People that can never repay him back, but that means the world to them. Those are, this is what I'm talking about, the sick. That's how we help the sick. Tamara, you want to talk about the sick yes. and final one? So we have the hungry person that's going to be at our tables. You have the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, and the last one is prison. Say prison. Prison. If you're online, prison. Here's what this person is. This is they're hopeless and they're filled with guilt condemnation, past mistakes, and failures. Most of the time when we think of prison, you think about people behind the bars. And a lot of the reasons why they're behind bars or some of the reasons is because they're paying consequences of things that they've done, okay? But you know what? Even when they're there, there's still hope. As long as there's breath in their body, there's still hope. God has called us to bring a light to those who are feeling hopeless. So we're not supposed to make them feel bad and feel the continual weight of their sin. Our job is to help lift the heavy burden, lift their eyes above their problems. You think about the story. You remember the woman that was caught into the act of adultery? She was ashamed. They drug her out, brought her before all of these people to condemn her, to make her look bad to beat her on top of her head and bring shame on her. But then Jesus came. The Bible says that he began to write in the sand, right over there by. I don't know. We never know what he's writing, so I love to hear all kinds of preachers tell their reasons of what he was writing. I don't know what he was writing, but it was something great, enough that he would look back at those guys who were trying to condemn her and say, if you are without fault, why don't you cast the first stone? And the Bible says one by one, they all begin to drop their rocks or their stones because they were all guilty of the exact same issues. Maybe not the similar one, but something very similar. They were all guilty. And then what did Jesus do? He lift her head and he said, look, they don't accuse you and neither do I. Go and sin no more. He freed her. He lifted her eyes. Many times during the holidays, especially if you are a Christian, you are a bright light, yeah. meaning that most of them are going to avoid you. They're going to avoid conversations because you're a constant reminder of the guilt and the shame and the things that they need. To, and instead of you just being a can of raid, trying to quote all the scriptures to them and remind them of all the things that they've done, maybe you need to lift a heavy burden. Yeah. Give them light. Yeah. Let them see that we serve a loving God. Here's a really good scriptures in Galatians 6.1. I'm going to see, this is a really good scripture. It says, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation 
yourself. Let me just pause here really quick. When we get to a place like those religious leaders where we just want to point out all the problems, they did this, they did that, you need to stone them, you need, you know, what you've done is open up a prison door for yourself. Okay, we don't throw stones at people. We don't. What we do is give them an opportunity to get back on the right yeah. path. Okay, that's all we do to get on. Because the truth is, is that I want to stay on the right path. Yeah. And I am no better than any one of these people, which means I can fall into the same trap. <laughs> one day I could be doing just great. Ask Lucifer. One day he was able to serve the Lord, and guess what? He fell right down real low. I saw Satan fall like lightning. <laughs> so the bottom line is, is that we got to be careful that we are opening prison doors for people to show them a way out because we want to stay out, not because I think I'm better. Yeah. And I don't rule over you with the uh, iron rod and try to prove to you with my high sound and Christianity thoughts to try to make you feel bad about what has been done. If anything, I want to encourage you back on the right path. Yeah. These are the people that are sitting at our tables, guys. And our job is to walk with them and bring them into accountability. Our job is to lift up their heads. I love that new life's a part of our mission statement is that we reach the world around us. Why not reach the world around us about the ta around the tables that all of you are going to be sitting at this holiday season? There are going to be so many people at our tables that are hungry, they're thirsty, they're strangers, they're naked, they're sick, they're prison. And God is sending you. Not, not, let me just wait until the pastor, you know, and I invite them to church. I mean, that's good. But what if we never get a chance to meet them? But God sent you there. Why don't you make the holiday season count for yourself? I'm inheriting the kingdom of God. And God said that he is going to call the righteous one day. And though you've never got a chance to tell them what you've done, God said, I saw you, Elder T, when you clothed the sick. I saw you, Charlotte, when you were praying. I saw you, Shanavia, when you were doing this. I saw you, sir, ma'am, when nobody else was looking, when you went out and extended your hand to the strange person. I saw that, and when you were doing that, you were doing it unto me. Yeah. Unto me. And because of that, you will inherit the kingdom of God when I'm extending my hand to people. Amen. This is what the holiday season is about. We bring cheer and goodwill to all men. We bring them peace and goodwill. God is looking to us to be the bringers. Amen. Amen. And so really before we close out the night, I just, I want to just highlight this word, the prisoner. Because sometimes we are weighed down with our sins. It's the things that we've done, the condemnation, the guilt, all those things that we carry so heavy that keeps us out of the light of Christ. We stay bound. But tonight, I want to say, I bring you good news that you don't have to stay in those conditions. God loves you enough to say, I don't accuse you, but if you would turn your eyes toward me, let me lift this heavy load. Let me take this off of you. And I believe that there are men and women that are watching even right now and even if you're in the room, you're starting to say to yourself, you know what, I messed up. Okay, we all fall short. A righteous man falls seven times. But you gotta know 
that God is a place where you can get yourself back up again and move forward. Be restored back to his truth. I would love to pray for you if you're online or if you're in the room and you're saying, I just, I want to be free from this guilt and this shame. I ask everyone to bow their head, place your hand over your heart. With no one looking around, if you're in the room or you're watching online and you're saying, you know what, I, I need prayer. I've, I've messed up. I, I need to try to get myself back in line. I don't know how I've fallen off so far, but I don't want these shackles to, to bring me down. I want to stay focused. And if that's you, I believe the Lord has sent us here today to tell you, this is the good news. If you turn your eyes back toward me, I will free you and I will put you back on the right path. So let's pray this prayer with hands over your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. Help me remove these chains from my hands, from my feet, from my eyes. Let me see you. Let me move toward you. Place me on a right path. I trust you, Jesus. And it's in your name that I have this confidence. Amen. Why don't you give yourself a hand clap of praise? That's awesome. Hey, listen, if you said that prayer, let us know about it. And if you catch this broadcast a little bit later on, you can let us know about it too. You just simply put a comment. You can even write anything. Reach out to us. We go back and we scroll through the comments um, to make sure that we and we'll message you separate to pray with you. Or if there's any one of these areas during the holiday season that you feel like, you know what, that's me. I'm hungry. I'm curious. Or I'm thirsty. I need to be encouraged again. Or maybe you feel like you're sick. You're wounded. You need to. You need some covering. You need someone to care. Let us know. You can just name one of those little headlines and we want to reach out to you and just love on you and take care of you. Um, we love you guys so much. Once again, let's give God a hand clap of praise for the work that he's doing in our hearts. Amen. Amen. Who's at the table? Who's so at the table? Those are six people. We want to encourage you with that to be identifying those six people that are at the table. Because, again, the seeds that you plant during this holiday season, I believe you begin to reap them now and also at the beginning of the year when people are looking, looking to turn over a new leaf. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. Thank you for tuning in with us. If you're watching online, we'd love to invite you to service with us this Sunday at 10 a.m. We will conclude our series called So. Uh, we've been here for the past two weeks. This Sunday is going to be great. You don't want to miss it. Bring someone with you. We'd love to see you in the building to hug on you. If not hug on you, give you an air bump, whatever you want to do. But we love you guys. Hope to see you this Sunday. Y'all have a great weekend. Amen. Who's at the table? Okay, I'm like, are we done? Because I'm like, who's at the table?